It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. my tail off all day. I hope you guys got through the day okay. Um, I'm going to tell you what saddens me a little bit on this Tuesday afternoon. Just about 24, maybe 25 hours ago, 26 hours ago, a little 11-year-old girl in the Bronx was by outside a nail salon. Her name was Kihara Tay, T-A-Y. And um, she was just waiting for someone who was inside. She was standing there with her friend. And she got shot in her stomach and died. An 11-year-old girl who was doing nothing bad at all except waiting for a friend on the streets of New York City. And she's gone. She's wiped off the planet. And as horrific as that is, and I read about this story. They released her name at 8.30 this morning. If you look right now online, you got to struggle to find an article about what happened here. I mean, it's there, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, there's there's uh, all about Kim Kardashian being on the cover of Sports Illustrated and Matt Harvey, the former Mets pitcher, being suspended. But we can't fall into the zone where an 11-year-old getting gunned down at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday and killed in West, on Westchester Avenue in the Bronx. Like, oh, really? Oh, that, that's a normal thing. That's no big deal. We're, you know, let's let's talk about Kim Kardashian on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like, that's not cool. Like, we we need to be outraged by this. And I and I know uh, the mayor would agree. I know the police commissioner would agree. I mean, the mayor has said, you know, I need all New Yorkers' help in fighting crime. I know this is a, an idealistic scenario. But if it was up to me and, and God came down and said, listen, Arthur, you, you know, you could repaint the mosaic here in New York, or the landscape, I would say we just eliminate guns, all guns. The police don't have guns. The, the citizens don't have guns. There's no guns. There's no guns. It's, it's, it's a world before guns. I mean, there's some, some ass. Oh, I almost cursed. Hope you're on the dump button there, brother. Um, you know, some jerk on a moped. Uh, is driving by, but he's like a block away. And, you know, in the trial I just did, we, we did an analysis of how far bullets can travel if nothing is impeding them. And, you know, the, the crime scene detective said a very, very long way. And apparently here, it was over a block away. And, uh, you know, a bullet enters an 11-year-old's belly. And I will tell you again, from working on these cases, besides maybe the brain or the heart, you know, that that's... It's a really painful way. I mean, actually, in the brain and the heart, you may die much faster than being shot in the stomach. And sure enough, the eyewitnesses said the girl was going, ow, ow, ow. Um, I mean, it's horrible, man. I mean, this is this is something that we can't, you know, be like, oh, oh, another 11-year-old got shot at 5 o'clock in the afternoon in the Bronx. Like, this is bad stuff, man. I mean, this is, you know... I, Maybe it's because I'm a dad and I have young children and, you know, you, you start putting yourself in that position and it's a kid. That's the thing, man. It's a kid. Come on. I don't know. I don't know which uh, – I don't know what to do next. You know, I was listening to a talk radio this weekend and some of the hosts were saying, you know, you can't arrest – we can't arrest our way out of this problem. We can't just be arresting everyone. Um, it's a vibe. It's a vibe of tolerance – or lack thereof, tolerating, tolerating there being crimes on the street or not tolerating it. And I, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying from day one. 
we have to enforce all the laws the turnstile jumping laws, the the out, drinking alcohol in public laws. In other words, we need to be a law-abiding society. And when this city was the safest, uh, it was when Michael Bloomberg made all five district attorneys agree that anyone who got caught with an illegal gun had to do two years in prison. And Plexigo Burris just won the, the Super Bowl for the New York Giants. He caught the winning touchdown, and he got caught months later. Months later, not years later, months later. He was like hero in New York, and he was carrying an illegal gun. Instead of he had the money, he could have hired two bodyguards who would have protected him a lot better than he did. He shot himself. Um, he, you know, he shot himself. He got caught with a gun, and he had one of the greatest attorneys ever in, in New York uh, history, Ben Brofman, and he did two years in jail. I think he fired Ben Brofman, got another lawyer, got another lawyer, and, and it was, the answer was always the same from Bob Morgenthau, the, the legendary Manhattan DA. Two years in jail, two years in jail, zero tolerance, zero exceptions. Um, I actually did get an exception once, but it was still six months, six months in jail uh, for a guy who had never been in trouble, totally law-abiding. He was from Massachusetts. He was like in the auxiliary police in Massachusetts. His gun was legal in Massachusetts. But he brought it to New York, and it's illegal to take a gun through uh, state lines unless you're a licensed law enforcement officer of a certain caliber. Um, but the whole gun thing is just got to get an 11-year-old girl, folks. I mean, 11-year-old young person who had her whole life ahead of her. And if you look at the pictures of little um, Miss Tay, uh, Kahara Tay, uh, she's adorable. I mean, you just want to hug her and kiss her. And uh, and she's gone and she's never going to, you know, graduate junior high school, let alone high school and college. And, you know, there's all these adorable pictures of her. You know, it's it's got to end. And um, it, but what what can happen is it can't just get pushed off the headlines. Oh, yeah, let's talk about something else. Some psychologist is out there uh, saying that um uh, the they put a I guess I don't know what the right term is a woman who's a little larger than the typical woman who would be on um, the cover of Sports Illustrated. She's not on the cover, but the swimsuit model. And he said, you know, it's ridiculous that we're highlighting, you know, heavy women. And he got I don't know chased off of the uh, off of social media because he said what he thought was true or should be true. But, you know, you can't express yourself anymore because if you say the wrong thing, ah, you're gone. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what he said. Um, I didn't want to read that article. I just saw the headline as I was looking for more articles uh, about this poor 11-year-old girl. Um, of course, while I was re researching that, I saw that the mayor, uh, Mayor Adams, has upped the COVID to, uh, you know, we're at a high level of alert we're going to have some doctors on tomorrow just to talk about what that means. I do know plenty of people um, who have it. One of the lawyers who's of counsel to my firm had it last week. Um, uh, my friend who's a judge, actually Judge Cammons, went and lectured last week, a week ago today, to, I don't know, 30 or 40 judges, and 15 of them came down, and they're all, they all have the, the coronavirus. They're all COVID-19 positive, and uh, the courthouses now are all jammed up. So... They're telling us to wear masks again indoors. If you're in a crowded place, uh, you know, how does this affect? I mean, I'm looking out the window on 45th and 5th right now. I mean, there's plenty of people out there. Some of them I could see are wearing masks. Some of them aren't. I think outside you're safer than you are inside. At least that's what everyone is telling us. Um, I guess I'm due for my booster shot. So that should be coming down the pipe pretty soon. Um, Mayor de Blasio. It's all over the Internet now. May Oh, thank you, Joan. She texted me. I'm supposed to call her a plus-size model. Actually, Joan didn't even put the size in there. She just says a plus model. We could talk about that in another uh, another edition of the Authorized Dollar Power Hour. Mayor de Blasio is supposedly, no, not supposedly, he is seriously considering running for Congress. We spoke yesterday with Hank Schenkoff about they redrew the district lines of the of the congressional seats. Jerry Nadler, who's been in Congress forever, forever, and Carolyn Maloney, who's been in Congress forever, they're drawn into the same district, and as opposed to them splitting up and dividing up the congressional seats, which I would be shocked if they don't ultimately wind up doing it, um, are apparently going to run against each other. Don't ask me why. And this is, I guess, what Hank Schenkoff was talking about yesterday. Like, just this 
political industrial complex, just running for office all the time, constantly running politics, 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 where uh, and juxtaposed, of, are you really accomplishing anything for New, York, for New Yorkers? But now there's a new district that goes from 14th Street in Manhattan from one river to the other river all the way south, all the way into Brooklyn, into the most democratic, liberal-leading parts of Brooklyn. And Mayor de Blasio is seriously considering running for that seat because he feels that that is his strong suit. So I don't know how many people feel about that. I have a good idea how people feel about it, but... Let's see if it happens before we open up the phone lines and I can hear from you how you would feel about Congressman Mayor de Blasio. We'll be right back. You know, I don't know. In, I know in my lifetime, right, I'm thinking of Mayor Beam, Mayor Koch, Mayor Dinkins, Mayor... Giuliani and Mayor Bloomberg, none of them have gone on to seek uh, to win other office. They've many of them have gone on to seek other office. Not Koch, not Dinkins, but Giuliani did and Bloomberg did. Um, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's a big step down going from being the mayor to being a congressperson. But I guess if you're so in love with uh, being a public servant, then you just Keep running and running. Um, we'll see. It's early yet. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people wanting to run in that race. The place that you guys should be running to is to the law offices of Connors and Sullivan because you should protect your family. You should protect your hard-earned money. You know, we're all working, working, working. I did something crazy today. I left work and I went out to, to lunch. And I actually spent like a calm hour with a colleague, two colleagues, and actually like enjoyed a meal. Wow, the guilt of that overwhelmed me because I'm supposed to be at my desk scoffing down a salad because, you know, you need to make money and you got to get into retirement mode and make sure your your kids are okay. And But all of that could get wiped out if you get ill and you are not prepared. And Connors and Sullivan, they're the law firm who will make sure that you are prepared because, you know, a nursing home could be 500 bucks a day, a day. It, it could be $15,000 plus a month. It could literally bankrupt you in no time, in no time. So that's why I'm urging you to go see the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan because they know how to handle this stuff. They know how to protect your assets. They know how to protect your estate. They will sit down, calm, cool, and collected now while you're not sick or your loved one's not sick, and they'll go over a whole plan to make sure you're protected and know that what you and so that you know what you're entitled to. So call them for a free initial consultation with a lawyer at 718-238-6500. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's not too late. The time to act is now. Call Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, you will be glad that you did. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You know that the battle for the heart and mind of this country is underway. In New Jersey Congressional District 5, there is a very important race, and it is being waged by two very serious campaigns. Frank Pilato, who was the nominee last go-around, and challenger Nick DeGregario, who would like to take that mantle this time and win the seat. What will happen? Join us May 23rd from 3 to 8 p.m. at Giovanni's Bicycle Club in Englewood Cliffs, to watch a live debate, weigh in with a straw poll, and help decide who will represent you in Washington in the days to come. Of course, the winner will end up battling Josh Gottheimer for that seat, and we will bring you gavel-to-gavel coverage. 3 to 4 o'clock, we've got a live interview with each of the candidates, and then from 7 to 8 that evening, we'll be on air with a debate moderated by yours truly and representatives of both campaigns. Join us from 3 to 8, Giovanni's Bicycle Club, Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey, And from 4 to 6, don't forget the meet and greets with the candidates and yours truly. We'll see you then. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 
such great songs they'll have someone filling in for him uh that'll be spectacular and i will tell you um sam boland i'm glad you played that song because you know it's the walk of life and i'm sorry if i was a little bummed out there in that first segment but again if you look at the pictures of kaharate uh you know i i'm not going to accept living in a city where a, a 12 an 11 year old girl Waiting, you know, waiting for a friend in a little nail salon in her neighborhood gets killed, and we're just going to be like, "Oh wow, yeah, it's another bummer of a day in New York." Can't do that. Not going to do that. Um, so let's use these airwaves to make sure that no one tolerates that type of behavior from anyone. And the guy who gets caught, because oh, you'll get caught. It's just not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. Everyone gets caught. I mean, there's so few people who don't get caught because there's cameras everywhere now. I mean, we could talk about great policing and I'm not minimizing that, but it's all about technology. There's just cameras so many places. Cameras that now capture your license plate number and of the moped where the kid was on and they'll follow that and they'll find the guy. Who, they'll, they'll just do great work using all the technology and, and they'll, they'll find this guy and, you know, he's got to pay a, a big price uh, for taking away the life of this 11-year-old. Let's see if Jim could make things a little uh, more lighthearted here at the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Jim, Arthur Idala here. How are you, my friend? Hi, Arthur. I enjoy your work uh, on the radio. I've never had to use your services in the courtroom, thank God, but I know you're a Mickey Mantle insider there. And a while back, you made a comment that touched my heart. You said when you return from traveling and you see the Verrazano Bridge, it touches your heart. You know your home. I'm a Brooklyn boy, born and raised, lived here my whole life. January 23rd, 1970, I'm on the plane coming home. Just spent all of 69 in Vietnam. And I remember looking out the window and seeing the Verrazano Bridge. I knew I was home. And it was Beautiful. like, yes. How, uh, I, I got you, through the year. And um, Where were you in Vietnam? I was I was in uh well I was in Quezon for a while and then I, I ended up moving a little further north. But uh I think about I am a I knew punch ball, box ball, scoop ball, next thing you know I'm a gunner on a on a helicopter. And um you know they they I wouldn't say they threw me to the wolves, but thank God some of the guys who were there before me who who knew how to be a soldier taught me and then I passed it on and then I got to come home and some people I served with didn't get to come home. And uh you know, and by the way, you play great music too. Oh, thank you, Jim. I, listen, I just want to, I want to thank you for your service. I have a quick question for you. Have you ever seen the movie sure. Platoon? No, I don't watch any of the Vietnam movies because they okay. break my heart. I, 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 stay away I figured from that. I just, I've been told by other people who have walked in your shoes that of all of the Vietnam movies, that was the one that was the, the pay, the, depicted in some scenes most accurately the hell that you guys were up against back then. Well, listen, I just want to thank no, you. I, because... gonna, I, you want to hear one, one story about what it was like coming home in 1970? Absolutely. I, I got my got my hack license, okay? It was February. I go and get my hack license. And my mother begged me to go to college to get my degree. So I, LIU was taken. Whatever the, whatever the VA paid, LIU took. So I went. I remember it was a Thursday. I had my hack license, and I had a little apartment. I got an apartment in my old neighborhood in Greenpoint, and and, and now I'm going to earn some money driving a cab. And I took a class, and at the end of the class, because I picked up my hack license that morning, I'm getting ready to go out to drive to Skull's Angels right across from Shea Stadium. And this is when I first night. I go to the back of my classroom, and I have an Army flak jacket that I wore to school that day. My jacket's gone. So now it's cold. I had to go buy a sweatshirt. I go outside of LIU on Flatbush Avenue, and there's my jacket on a pole on fire. And it's oh like, God. whoa. Yeah, they, they took my jacket out of the classroom and lit it on fire. Wow. You know, thank yeah. you for that. Because so, young young people today, they they don't have any clue. They don't. They can't grasp it. They get – it's just – 
Again, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end where I began. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your service and thank you for calling. And I appreciate it very much. The uh, airwaves are always All open right. to you, young God man. Bless. Be well. Thank you very much. Um, so we have a, um, a a special guest on, another lawyer. Don't hold that against me. That I like to put lawyers on the show because I learn from them. And Renata Castro uh, specializes in an area of law that I know almost nothing about. Uh, yet it is in the newspapers all day, every day, and that is she's an immigration attorney. Welcome to the airwaves, Renata Castro. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. When would you think that being a lawyer in some obscure area of law would be so cool? And I think I have to thank politics for that because now you arrive at a party. Everyone has something to say, positive or negative, about immigration law. Yeah, and you know, well, the thing is this, Renata, um, it's, it is a very unique field. In other words, I know, obviously, I, I'd like to think I know a lot about criminal law, both federal and state. And, you know, my wife, uh, who's my partner, does a lot of real estate law and surrogates law. So I know a bunch about that. And my other partners do personal injury law and other partners do corporate litigation as well as corporate transactions. So I'm kind of around all of that. And I could have some discussions and I know a lot of the regulations and the, the rules, uh, but I don't know a thing about immigration law. I don't even know uh, how much it has changed uh, over the years because, you know, most people, uh, you know, know someone who's gotten arrested along the way. Most people have bought a house somewhere along the way. So most people, or, or an apartment or something. Most people have needed a will done uh, or have started a little business. But, you know, there's a very select few, not that few, but, you know, who are, are touched by the immigration laws. So, the one thing that I will tell you as an outsider looking in, uh, the immigration attorneys who I know always seem to be very uh, busy, very, very busy. They have like a tremendously large caseload. Uh, and it seems that it, it's there. You guys are always fighting the system and e- even struggling to be heard by the, the uh, judges and the adjudicators who decide on your cases. Is that an accurate observation as an outsider looking in? Yes. Unlike other areas of law, we have cases that can go on for 12, 15, 20 years. Uh, I I can't think, uh, even in criminal law, you can have lengthy cases like that, but the cases are being renewed, so you you either have been denied or a, a judge has issued a ruling, and now you're appealing and appealing. So it's a new process within the same case. We have clients who may be waiting for their quota to become current or they have more complex cases. We have judges setting out hearings uh, in 2025, initial hearings on a matter. We also, um, our court system is very different. We, we're not under uh, an independent court system. We don't even have an online docket. The, the, the EOIR, which is the Executive Office of Immigration Review, operates directly under the Department of Justice, meaning the government prosecutes and rules. It, it's a major conflict of interest. And I think that one important distinction I like to make about immigration law is that it's not that we're fighting the system. We are fighting to enforce the proper application of American law. Immigration is interweaved in the fabric of American, uh, the, the, the American legal code, and we're just making sure that people are having their day in court as the law intended them to. But I, I have a lot of fun practicing immigration law. It is exhausting. It is draining. It is, you know, heart-wrenching. But, man, I, I, I found myself being an immigration lawyer. Um, I, I can't imagine practicing anything else. Well, good for you. And Renata Castro, who's a guest today, uh, who is an immigration attorney. You know, I was just reading about the, the subway shooting uh, here in New York City and that some of the witnesses uh, are now being somewhat, I, I don't want to use the word harassed, but pursued uh, by ICE uh, regarding their immigration status. Do you know anything about that? Yes. So whenever an individual comes into contact with the, the, 
the Immigration Police, which is ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. We don't need probable cause or, or a, a, an individual doesn't, you don't need to establish probable cause or a reasonable suspicion to approach and question their immigration status, especially at a time where there is a national security interest, as is the one right now. With the shooting, whenever there's a concern, usually involving national security, in this case, uh, possibility of terrorism, everyone surrounding the area is going to be investigated. And, you know, that's what ended up happening. So ICE, ICE is a very peculiar um, policing agency because they have a lot of discretion in what they do. There's no minimum minimum amount of time that an individual can be um, has to be brought in front of a judge, like in criminal law. You know, there's a period within an individual has to be heard by a judge for bond to be considered. We sometimes have individuals who wait 60 days for them to be heard on bond for for the possibility of a of a bond. So they have a lot of broad discretion, and you know, they're human. They do a very important work for the country, but at times they get a little crazy and they end up doing things that are not aligned with the mission of their agency. Uh, yes, you can make the argument that anyone who is in the United States without status should be removed because they're violating a law, but it's a lot more complex than merely enforcing and removing individuals who have been in the United States for years. and. Quite frankly, that the system has benefited from their presence, either through tax contributions or, or uh, through job creation, economic impact. I mean, there's so many um, facets. So, to Renata, it. Let, let me so, just ask you a quick question. Um, if you were redesigning the system or, or if the president of the United States picked up the phone and called you and said, Renata Castro, you're a top immigration attorney in the United States of America. If there's one thing we could do to fix the immigration system in this country, what would it be? What would your answer be? Make it possible for employers to hire individuals legally in a less expensive and faster process. That would be first. And I would enforce the laws that punish employers who violate employment laws in the United States and who hire individuals here without status. Because the excuse we hear all the time is, it's expensive, it takes forever, my small business is short-staffed, I need to survive. That's why I hire undocumented individuals. That's what I hear from employers all over the United States. Well, if you make it more reasonable, expedited, cost-effective, and you punished the unlawful behavior, I would think that about 50 to 60 percent of the immigration issues we have in the United States would be resolved. Well, Renata Castro, I have to say that was very, very commonsensical answer, and, and I think you, you basically played it right down the middle. I'm running out of time here, so I just wanted to thank you um, for uh educating me and if people wanted to find you and find out more about immigration immigration law where do they look up renata castro castrolegalgroup.com i represent immigration is a federal uh, area area of federal jurisdiction we represent immigration cases all over the united states and it was incredible to be here talking to you about my passion which is immigration law well, wonderful. And it was obvious that it is your passion because you had such a fast answer to that question I asked you uh, regarding uh, changing the whole system. So thank you. Have a great Tuesday evening. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. When we come back, we, you know, credit, our credit reports mean so much to us. Whether you want to open up a, a, an Amazon credit card, a Gap credit card, a Best Buy credit card, a gasoline credit card, ding, 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 gasoline credit card, or buy a piece of property. If you don't have good credit, you're all messed up. So Paul Oster, he is America's credit repairman. He's going to jump on the line with us, and he's going to tell us how to make sure you have great credit. Stay tuned. The following is a paid political announcement. I was 16 on 9-11. 
when those terrorists attacked the World Trade Center. Republican Nick DiGregorio. That was the day that I decided I needed to take action and to serve my country in uniform. Nine years in the Marines. I served with the best. I served my country. I didn't think I'd ever have to serve again. But here we are 20 years later, and our country is dangerously off course. My name is Nick DiGregorio, candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by DiGregorio for Congress. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. With us, very special guest, Michael E. McMahon, the district attorney from Staten Island. Many law enforcement officials have been sounding alarm about the new criminal justice laws that will go into effect. Can you discuss your major concerns in the areas of discovery and bail reform? Sure. If someone burgles a house on Monday night and it would be released the next day, could do it again on Tuesday night to another home and it could be found in his or her pocket, a picture of my home playing for Thursday night, the judge has to let that person go because burglary is not a violent crime. So what the legislature did is it tied the hands of judges. Excuse me for a second. I'm going to be sick. New York State is open for criminals. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Want more of AM 970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news, what's coming up on the radio, thoughts from our hosts, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM 970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Tuesday evening, 6.30, almost home, dinner almost ready, what are you doing, doing the laundry, chilling out, you know, I still got a whole night ahead of me, Uh, I, I spend... My family quality time now, early in the morning. Uh, apparently today, Marianne took care of this part. Woke, Ariana woke up at 5.45 a.m. I was able to sleep a little longer than that. And then it's Arthur and it's Ariana and it's breakfast and getting dressed and brushing teeth and putting in hair gel. And um, it's great. Uh, but, I'm, but, you know, at nighttime, they go to bed kind of early and I'm working kind of late. So um, here I am. I still got to do a little work meeting after this. And then I have a brief that's due basically tomorrow that I have to reread. And then there's a whole client list. You know, when you try a case the way I've done in the last three weeks, and really you know, it's like a week before that for prep. So you're kind of out of touch for a month. And then you come back in. It's like kaboom. Um, if anyone here runs a, their own business, a little small business, a big business, whatever, and you go away on vacation, uh, you know what it's like when you come back. You know, it's like, oh, you pay the price for that vacation. Maybe that's why my Uncle Joe doesn't go on vacation, but that's not the, that's not the answer either. Speaking of answers, um, Paul Oster is a man who's been all over television and is a regular in the media on radio as well as te- television and the written media um, about how to fix your credit. Because it is such a big, big piece of the puzzle of life that we live in. Your credit is everywhere. You know, um, and on the record conversation I had with the Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, uh, I, I don't know how it came up, but I said, you know, I went somewhere, maybe it was Yankee Stadium or something, because he's an avid uh, Philadelphia Phillies fan. I said, you know, they don't take cash anymore. And he goes, I don't think that's legal. And he took out a dollar bill, and uh, I'm, grab, I'm grabbing a dollar bill, and, and, you know, it says, I believe it says, good for all, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. 
and I'm reading it right now. This note, meaning the bill that I'm holding in my hand, is legal tender for all debts, public and private. I don't think it's legal in the American in the United States of America to refuse cash, but yet we do it all the time. So if you, I mean, look, look at even the Easy Pass situation when you're driving. The problem is there are people out there for whatever reason who don't have good credit. So, Paul Oster, what do they do? They call Paul. All right. Great answer, Paul. You are definitely not a rookie when it comes to this. Welcome to the Author Idola Power Hour, Paul. Talk to me. Tell me about credit, credit repair, and, and how it rules our lives these days. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it spot on. Your credit score, unfortunately, that score that we're all, we're, we're under the thumb of, of, of the FICO scoring system. Talk about a monopoly. There's only one, right? The FICO score is used in like 99% of all underwriting. So the problem is that the credit reporting industry is flawed at best, right? The credit bureaus, the top three complaints year in and year out for the past two decades, credit reporting, identity theft, debt collection, right? So the credit bureaus do a terrible job maintaining, updating, uh, and ensuring the accuracy of those credit reports that are ultimately going to drive the scores. So the onus is on us, right? We, we have to be proactive here. We have to take control of our own credit. The government's not going to help you. The banks don't want to help you. They make more money. The worse your credit is, the more money they make, right? So you have to be responsible for your own credit. Get a copy of a credit report. You simply go to annualcreditreport.com. That's annualcreditreport.com. You will get a free copy of a credit report, and it's a good report. The problem is a lot of these other companies, Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, Credit This, Credit That, I, don't, I can't rely on those reports. They're, they're way off the charts in terms of inaccuracies and updating the information. Get a copy of the report. Go over it with a fine-tooth uh, fine comb. Make sure everything's 100% accurate. And then if you identify some issues, then you have to decide, do I want to try and do it myself, which you can, or do I want to hire a professional credit repair organization that can help me manage the process? Okay, and uh, there are all these things. So I get these, these um, I don't know what you call them, I guess they, because they, I can't really say they're advertisers because they're not even asking me to pay money. But I think like American Express will give you free credit reports and maybe yep. one of my MasterCards will. Are those legitimate? Can I rely on those? They are. At least it's a FICO score, right? It's, it's a right. consumer-based score, um, which, again, not to get too technical, but there's lots of different FICO scores. If you go for a mortgage, that's a mortgage FICO score. If you go to buy a car... That's an auto FICO score. If you get a credit card, that's a credit card FICO score. But at least it's a FICO score. All the now, is it, a myth, are, is it a myth or a fact that when people are checking your credit, it hurts your credit rating? So there's two different types of inquiries. One is a hard inquiry. One is a soft inquiry. Hard inquiries happen anytime you're actually applying for financing. And there is a risk that your scores can take a hit, although it's nominal, I don't want to lose any points, right? So you got to be careful how many times you allow people to run your reports. Look, it's not as bad as Credit Karma wants us to think. We've all seen the commercial, right? No, you know, don't push that button. So it's not doomsday. Somebody checks your credit, so be it. Um, you know, you want to keep inquiries below five inquiries in a 12-month period. You, you're allowed to shop around. So if you have a couple of different banks check you out for, for refinancing or purchasing a home. Um, do it within a 14-day window, and they get it readjusted down to one inquiry. So we, we do have the ability to shop around. And now, so now let's just say they say uh, you get your credit report, you get your FICO score, and it's lower than you think it should be. And then you notice, oh, it said that I missed my uh, Honda payment. Uh, and, you know, you didn't miss your Honda payment. Do you go? you have to go to Honda? Or do you have to go to Expedia or one of the other, not Expedia, Experian? Experian. I, I would go to both. And when you do this, if you if you decide you want to do it yourself, um, you, you should do it certified sign receipt mail. There needs to be a paper trail. Time is of the essence. Um, and if you don't do it that way, you're going to get little to no results or, or even a response, um, you know, back from the bureau. Certified sign receipt mail. 
you know, is the way to go. We are all given the right under the Fair Credit Reporting Act to ensure the accuracy of the items. You you might not be sure. Was I late? I wasn't late. You know, I, I can't remember. Ask them. They have to prove and verify that you were actually late. If they don't, then they have to delete that information. So in terms of paying bills, do all bills negatively affect your credit rating? Like, in other words, I would assume if you miss two or three mortgage payments, that's a big problem. Is it the same if you miss two or three uh, Verizon cell phone payments? Well, not all creditors report uh, to any credit bureaus, one, two, or three. Uh, You you may or may not notice sometimes uh, certain creditors only report to one bureau, and that's because they actually have to pay. To be for the privilege to report that information. So sometimes the smaller creditors will only report to one of the three bureaus. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, utilities, uh, cell phone payments, things like that are not on our credit reports unless you go into default in collections. Then you can be assured that they'll show up there. But uh, you don't get credit, which you should. You know the the bureaus themselves came up with their own credit score model called the Vantage score, much more robust score, does include rental payments, cell phone payments, any of those monthly obligations that we have, you actually get credit for. So again, the idea is if there's issues on your credit report, if you if if they come back verified and validated and they don't get deleted, then consider maybe adding another trade line. Get a credit builder loan, maybe you get a secured credit card. Maybe become an authorized user on someone else's card. I say that with a caveat, Arthur. It's not piggybacking. You're not buying somebody else's credit history, which unfortunately is a thriving business that's out there. Um, There's all sorts of loopholes. Uh, The companies, it's legal to sell somebody's credit, but it's actually a, a felony offense for you to purchase somebody else's credit wow. history there you go um, learn something you you can send me a couple of clients paul what do you think <laughs> because you're actually creating you know it's bank fraud you're defrauding the bank at that point so we're talking uh, to uh we're talking to paul ouster he's a america's credit repair man and here's what i want to ask you paul uh on the flip side of the coin you know i'm in my mid-50s let's go down the ladder my godson nicholas bambina uh who's 18 years old uh, just starting out, he's graduating as a variant high school. His prom is next week or the week after. What what advice do you have on a young person to start building their credit profile and making sure it doesn't get messed up? Sure. Well, it's it's kind of the same thing, but check your report, you know, as quickly as possible. Make sure everything, if there's anything on there, that it is accurate. If, right, but now, so he's probably, he should have a clean slate. So there's nothing on yeah. there. So what's the first thing you would recommend them doing? Should he get an American Express card where he's got to pay it every month so he he doesn't really build up? There is no real credit. It's more of a charge card. Uh, you know what what type of advice like that would you have to give for him? Yeah, so Amex is is a kind of a different. It's in its own you know realm. It's a, it's an open card. It's not a revolving line of credit like a traditional credit card. Um, you need a minimum of two open active accounts for a minimum of six months before you even get onto FICO's radar. So if you're going to go buy a car, even if you could buy it outright, you could pay cash, maybe you finance a small part of it, maybe you get a co-signer to help you with it. If you have student loans, very, very powerful to both build your credit and destroy your credit. Gotcha. You know, a young person like... Uh, you know, you're, who we're talking about there, um, they have a thin credit profile. A one-time 30-day late payment could lower their score 50, maybe 100 points if you miss wow. one payment. So they got to be careful. Paul Oster, the America's credit repairman. Paul, if people want to find you, where do they go and find you? Just go to our website, betterqualified.com. And again, any of your listeners, if you want to try this yourself, I'll guide you with a do-it-yourself guide. Um, I'll tell you, it's not easy, right? But you can do it. But it's almost like a full-time job. You know, we have an office that's open five days a week, eight hours a day, and that's all my people do. Um, But if you want to do it yourself, I'll help you do that. It's it's paramount, especially in today's environment. Interest rates are going up. The people with lower credit will get hurt the most during this time when interest rates are going up. So take care of your credit now. 
All right, go pay attention to Paul Oster at uh, www.betterqualified.com. Paul, thanks for finding the time and educating the people here on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Bye now. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, gun control because some stuff happened in Albany today to try to tighten up some laws. We'll be right back. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 The Mission. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970 The Answer. I believe the drummer, Bill Bruford, is 73 years young today. All right. Oh, it's also Sugar Ray Leonard's birthday, yes, huh? Yes, it is. 66. He was, he was fantastic. He was a fantastic boxer, but also he was a great, yeah, just a great guy. He was 
great American. And uh, I see Bob Saget. He would have been 66 today. Wow, what a bummer. Dennis Hopper would have been 86 today. He, he died at 74. And uh, Bill Paxton. Oh, loved Bill Paxton, man. Uh, wait, Bill Paxton's still alive, bro? Are you sure? Yes, he is. Really? I believe so. Wait, I, well, I'm going to check it out right now. Hold <laughs> on. Here we go. This is the beauty of the internet. Boom. Bill Paxton, born, and he died on February the 25th, 2017. There we go, baby. I know my stuff. <laughs> Bill Paxton was fantastic uh, in, a, in a lot of movies, including Titanic. Uh, but the movie that I loved him in was Aliens, uh, when, he, um, when he plays, not Hicks, Hudson. Oh, my God, man. He, he, he was the funniest guy in that movie. Yeah, he died, uh, he died very, very young. Uh, and he, do, 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 I'm just trying to think on February 14th, he underwent open heart surgery to repair a damaged valve and correct an aortic aneurysm. A day later, he underwent emergency second surgery. His conterior, his condition deteriorated and then he suffered a fatal stroke on February 25th and died at the age of 61. So, you know what folks goes back to Connors and Sullivan. <laughs> just, you always got to be prepared because I am sure Bill Paxton did not expect to depart at the age of 61. Um, on a much more serious note, as we sign off today, the um, president of the United States was uh, in Buffalo today, along with the governor of the state of New York and the lawmakers in Albany are just trying to strengthen the gun laws. Uh, again, I'm not saying that this would have stopped that tragedy, uh, but you know, as one assembly person says, you just want to close every potential loophole and do the best that you can because there may be sick people out there, but if those sick people don't have access to a weapon, then they just sit home and be sick and they don't go out there and help someone else, not hurt anyone else. Um, we still got a whole bunch of the week to go. Sometimes it looks like there's some big mountains ahead of us. But remember, according to Life Little's instruction book, when facing a difficult task... Act as though it is impossible to fail. If you're going after Moby Dick, take along the tartar sauce. Have a great night. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.